Welcome to the American Roadrunner Podcast. Glad you could join us for this episode. I am your host, Bob Marshall. Here we share stories from the road, all tales from our two-wheeled motorcycle machines. Whether you're a beginner or advanced rider, on-road or off-road, wrencher, racer, commuter, or just a weekend warrior, this is the podcast for you. Named after the book, American Roadrunner. Enjoy, my fellows. We're going to get to part two of the show here, Beulah May and her healing road, in just a minute. But first, a quick note. If you heard part one, you know that motorcycling is just like life. You get to go down that road, and sometimes that road has bumps. Sometimes it's nice and smooth. Sometimes you get weather, a bit of wind, a bit of rain. Sometimes it's really effing hot, and other times it's absolutely a perfect clear day. You just never know. Please know that in part two here, it does continue to get a little dark and a little deep. And this podcast, doing this interview with my dear friend Beulah, really took a lot out of me. But I promise you, it gave me so much more than it took out. And her sharing her story with us on her healing road... And all the good things that she's gotten out of life lately, moving forward, it's just all absolutely priceless to me. I hope you as well get a lot out of the show, as I know I did. Enjoy, my fellows. Part 2, Beulah May and Her Healing Road. That's really part of the, an important part of the healing road. I give you a lot of credit. You know, there's a lot of funerals I've missed lately. Mikey's funeral was the only one I've been to since my dad's. I just can't. And and <laughs> as soon as I walked in, I remember, I was, you know, it was a wonderful service. Mm-hmm. Props to you and your family. But I looked over at, <laughs> I can't even, I looked over at Richie and Richie was crying and I almost fell on the oh, ground. Geez. I couldn't even, you know, anyways, it was a good, and I think even that though, I left early, like, mm-hmm. I'm like. I almost did yeah. too. I like at, yeah. like doing like the the line afterwards, mm. like and then like gracious of you. well, I was like ah, oh, just you know say hi to the first few people. I don't know what to do or say. This is like weird, and I was still like I had this weird clarity because there was nothing else that fucking mattered in my life. Like and this I'm figuring out right now, like right on the spot. There was nothing else going on in my life. That was the most important fucking thing was taking care of him his family, my family, like holding it all together. And because I had so many people around me, my my neighbor bought me um, gift cards for the grocery store. Wow. Like um, Mitch and Connie came over and brought me like paper towels and shampoo, like little yeah. shit. So like I'm not running out of trash bags and I have to go to the store for a trash bag. Mm-hmm. Every little thing. There's not – I never knew what – you should do for someone when this happens to them. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Um, but it's do what you can. That's right. And um, best. every little thing that everybody did made it easier. Every text was like, this is three more seconds into the future because I just replied back. Right, like right, it just right. kept me, it kept me rolling. And as soon as there was a lull, like someone else would come in and not even like 
you know, it wasn't coordinated. It was just like, well, these friends have, you know, come over and it wasn't just about me. Like, like you lost a friend too. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not just, it wasn't just me. Like I would say that when people came over, like he was your friend too. Like it's, it's not just me. And he was very, uh, you know, last time I saw him was at that, uh, Kernville. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the time before that I rolled into the rack Mm -hmm. show they were doing and, Mm -hmm. It was butts to nuts in there. And oh, the Helsinor, yeah. The Helsinor, that's right, the Helsinor. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this grown-ass man is standing in front of me, hugging me, and uh, I'm like, and honestly, he hugged me, I couldn't even, I didn't even know who it was, and he was wearing overalls, uh-huh. so I had to, like, grab him, push him back, <laughs> and look at his face in the dark, and think, who, oh, Mike, oh, shit, yeah, man, good to see you, yeah, okay, hug me again, good to see you, brother. Holy shit, he's just, he was all smiles and happy. Yeah, and that was, a, we, we fucking pulled that show off, that, that was, was pretty a good show. I still have my shirt. I should have worn it. Man, that's a good shirt. Yeah, that's a good, good time. Show. If you ever want to redo that one somehow, I'm in. Uh, I've had other people say the same thing. It's just, it's a lot. Take your time. I'm you not, take your time I'm not thinking about it yet. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, um, just every, every little thing to like move me forward, I think was, I mean, I didn't, and that, I think maybe that's part of it that made me feel so open because like I said, usually I'm in control of things. I know who's going where, what time, what I'm taking, what I'm packing, where am I going? What's the weather going to be like? Like I just, you know, try to get every detail beforehand and it's like, it doesn't matter. You can plan all you want. It doesn't matter. (laughs) You can plan everything you want. That's right. Control really is an illusion. And I think riding motorcycles, we learn that more than the next person. I work very hard to stay alive. I know you do. And people are going to cut us off. People are going to, all we can do is our best. It's really no different. You know, riding motorcycles is just a little bit more dangerous than riding in a car. But, Mm -hmm. not you know, it's, it's okay to take your time with all of it regardless mm-hmm. it's a brand new theory for you yeah that is i remember thinking that years ago like well let's see what you let's see what beulah packs and whatever she's packing well, uh, she'll know because she'll have it all planned out and you would say oh the weather's gonna be like this just all sorts of crazy information i don't even care about but i knew <laughs> it was important to you so i let you well, for me, I just, I've ridden in so many different kinds of weather and right. I've made those mistakes. It's like, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Like oh, that's what? dumb. Have you? But the yeah. other, the other thing is, especially with motorcycling is like, uh, you're always going to pass a fucking Walmart. So if you lose your water bottle yeah, or you need nice. a rain, some rain gear or you need more, whatever, like it's all out there on you, the road. yeah, you'll find it on the road if you need it. So yeah. that's, it's really not that important. Just make sure you have what you need to take care of yourself. So I always make sure I bring whatever weather gear. I always bring rain gear. I'll pack it way in the bottom of my bag, but I've always got it. Yeah. Um, water, uh, Excedrin. You know, just I want to be Tums. Like I just want to be comfortable. My body has to Your feel comfortable. Shiwi. I don't have a shiwi. You don't have a shiwi? No. Man, Annette's got like twenty of them. She doesn't give me. I'm not. I'm not, not up for it. Okay, I'll. I'm not, no. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Is are I mean, they reusable? Yeah, you wash them. No, out, see, but going. if I'm using it, it means I'm on the side of the road. I've got nowhere to wash. No, I'll just. I'd rather just pee in a bush and be done you with use it. A bit of water from your water bottle. It just feels That's weird. I've seen the girls do it. You know. I'm just not. I get it. That's not that important to me. I get it. That's not that Whatever, important to me. Yeah. But I'm not saying that it's not an important tool. Just like, I haven't found a place for that in my life. <laughs> well, there's, and there's a few more secrets that women have to have up their sleeves mm-hmm. compared to men mm-hmm. when it comes to that. And it's not a big deal because it's part of your mm-hmm. 
you know, to me, I, I don't bring extra chonies. I bring uh, extra baby powder. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, to you, uh, who was it? Kelsey was here saying she packed 17 pairs of underwear, you know, just like in a little ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I pack? I pack a pant. Mm-hmm. I don't usually bring a second pant. Um, a pant, a short, and underwear and socks for the whole trip. Um, but like I was on the road for eight days, ten days for the first for the first trip to Oregon, and I knew I was going to stop at my friend's house and I could do laundry, so I just packed enough to get me to the halfway point. That's good. That's um, good you showed up pretty loud. I remember mm-hmm. you had your tent and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't use it that first night. I slept in Oslo's tent. So I didn't. To- oh. <laughs> Are we talking about the night you slept in my tent? That never happened. Oh, that was Maybe in your dreams. <laughs> but no, that never happened. The offer was there. The yeah, offer it was kind of warm. I just thought, if it's cold, like, I'm going to cuddle up to someone. No, Asla already had her stuff set up. And I'm like, if I just sleep in her tent, I just have to pull out my uh, my sleeping bag and I don't have to pack anything in the morning. Because that's, that's the only thing I don't like about uh, motorcycle camping. Mm-hmm. If you're on... If like you're moving night to night, mm-hmm. I hate packing up in the morning because it just fucks up my hands and my cuticles. They're already dry from going in and out of the gloves. Yeah. Like I hate, I hate rolling up my dirty tent. Well, you know, well, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't even, I I only put my tent up one night. Other than that, I used it as a big sleeping bag. I just crawled under it and laid out under the stars and watched the stars, watched the night sky. I didn't even set up my tent. I just, mm-hmm. I keep it all like a big sleeping bag anyways. Mm-hmm. So I just. I'd roll it out, crawl into it, pretend it was a big, like, bivouac bag, if you will. That would be the <laughs> term. And, uh, yeah, the only night I set it up, I think, was the second night. I don't even know why. I think I just set it up to see if I could. Mm-hmm. But regardless, you know, mm-hmm. it's not. But I've learned to carry a big tent, too. Mm-hmm. I really like the bigger tents instead of. I had a little tent on that trip, and I don't think I'm going to. I'm just going to go really big tent now. <laughs> that way, when it gets cold, everyone can come into my tent. <laughs> No that's that's in. Bob's master plan. That's my master plan. <laughs> Slumber party in Bob's yeah, tent. Usually it's dudes, huh? so it's not much of a master. But you know that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah, how's that working out for you? <laughs> yeah, it's not, yeah, not, it's go, not not going quite how you planned. Not going, not going no pillow tonight. fights. <laughs> no, there'll be none of that. Um, but I think that's a big. You know, I've really frozen by myself in a tent, and so I've learned. I've got a good sleeping bag. Good, I've yeah. got a zero degree mummy bag and like, I'll just squish it all the way up. So only my nose is out. Nice. <laughs> my nose gets cold, but it's okay. I that. Well, and like it goes up, it goes up over my head too. Right. So like, you know, cause that's what gets cold is the top, right, of, your head. top of your head. So it just goes all the way. And I like, and I like having fresh air. Like I like to sleep with my windows open, even if it's cold, just because oh, I like, okay. I like that fresh air. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I get it. And, uh, no, my, it's a zero degree. So it's, if it's, you know, not zero degrees outside, then you just open it up. So it doesn't. So this was a big thing for me back in the day when I was married. But is it, how is it, are you colder now when you're out camping, sleeping alone? No, because we always had our own sleeping bag. Yeah? Yeah. Even Okay. Even in Kernville, you all had your own sleeping bag? Yeah. Uh, okay. Because, well, with the sleeping bags, even if you, because there's some that you can zip them together. Yeah. But there's still like yeah. that space where like the air gets in. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. I like to be like my blankets have to be all tucked in and tucked around or like, you know, I've just typical learned. girl with one leg out. <laughs> <laughs> one, one big beautiful foot out. Oh, that's funny. 
I just, I've learned, let me get back to the microphone. I've learned if you, uh, you know, if you're used to sleeping with another person in the bed and then you go out camping, I, I just fucking freeze. I freeze. I just, no. I freeze. And I wake up shivering and I put a toque on my head, but I wake up and it's like on the other side <laughs> of the bed somehow. <laughs> somehow my feet are by my boots. And, you know, you know, so you got my vote mm-hmm. for you. You're beautiful boys. Okay. Fans. Let's talk about that. I'm just them. such a big fan of all the good stuff they're doing. Yeah. You know, did you tattoo their names on your fingers? Is that why it's born on one side? Me, me, me. <laughs> no. Um, do you know where that came from? Do you really yeah. not know? I remember. No, tell me. So tell I me. have born mean tattooed on my knuckles. Yeah. Um, Mikey wrote a song about me <laughs> called Arkansas toothpick. Yeah. The born mean song. Yeah. Called okay. born mean. He could never play it live because the vocals like went up too high. Okay. And after he was like screaming his other songs. Um, he couldn't hit those notes okay. and it was kind of a slow song. It was kind of a bummer and it like to put it into a set somewhere. Um, yeah. but yeah, he wrote and he's like, Oh, born mean that would fit on your knuckles. I'm like, cool. Can I really get him tattooed? And he's like, yeah, sure. So I went and did it before he said no. I mean, and it's funny cause I mean, I don't, this one I got in January, but like, I don't have anything else on my arms. None of my other tattoos show. You just got that tattoo in January. Cause I was looking at it earlier going, I don't remember that. And you just got it in January. Well, but I've seen you plenty of times well, since January. Like I'm checking out your inner armpit and <laughs> looking for tattoos, my friend, you know? Oh yeah. my gosh, that's pretty good. Good for you. No. You're um, two beautiful boys. I'm big fans of all they do. Yeah. Jacob just turned 21 and he is a corpsman in the Navy and he's, um, been in for two and a half years now and he was on guam for almost two years and just got back um and he's at camp pendleton right now and we're not sure i think in february we february we no because i was saying two words but they went together so it sounded like i fucked up (laughs) so it sounded like i fucked that up but i didn't (laughs) um february we uh may have things may change, but for now he's here in Southern California. And actually we went, um, I met up with him last weekend and went to a couple skate parks and, and, uh, my friend Jackie met up with us nice. and she went skating with him. And that's another one that I met at babes and Borrego, like, nice. and to have, you know, her still be part of my life and see all this stuff. And she's been, she's been really great. Um, recently for me too, uh, yeah. getting a lot of advice from her and being able to share. Cause there's not, a lot of people that I can share a lot of stuff with. I feel like I have, there's certain people in my life where it's like, I know I can talk about this with you. I know I can talk about that with this other person. Yeah. It's good. Idea. Um, whatever, you know, their strengths are, um, and where they, you know, could help me anyways. Uh, so Jacob, yeah, he's doing good things. Um, and he said he still hasn't made up his mind, mind if he's going to stay in for the long haul. Um, <clears throat> It's a big commitment. It is. And that's that's been rough for him, that commitment of time. You know, it's time away from the family and time away from an, a relationship that he might want to have that, you know, someone else might not understand that uh, commitment of time. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but so if he doesn't stay in for the long haul, he wants to go to Korea and teach English for a year when he's done. And then after that, he's thinking about being a pediatric nurse. Um, going to school for that because he's already done, you know, wow. he's worked in with pediatrics at the Naval Hospital in Guam and also was working in the ER. 
And now what he wants to do is be a corpsman attached to a Marine unit. I don't know, like, all the proper terms. Yeah, they get a little complicated, but it's non-civilian. So. Yeah. Um, Super awesome badass. <clears throat> that's what, yeah. yeah. Um, we're just, uh, he cut his thumb recently, and mm-hmm. we're waiting for that to heal. Okay. So he's kind of, like, on admin duty, and uh, we're, we're just, we don't have all the information to know, like, if he'll get back to that job that he wants. Yeah. Um, so that's where that sits right now. Um, but all of the, all of these things are like, I couldn't, like when he told me that he was like, oh, I'll, I'll go be a pediatric nurse. I'm like, okay. Like, I, I'm not disappointed. <laughs> like, it's not, yes, please. Like, yes. that's fucking awesome. Like, I, I mean, awesome. I, and, and, um, my youngest, Ethan, he just joined the Marines and he's currently at, um, Camp Lejeune in North Carolina, mm. um, waiting to be an electrical engineer. Like these kids, like that for me, it was like the biggest for them being in the service. Um, like I know they're taken care of, they're going to get a paycheck. They've got a job to go to every day. They've got, you know, benefits, health, medical, like just everything like they're taken care of and they're doing it on their own. So like they get to grow from that too. Like Jacob grew so much. He was, when he signed his first contract with the Navy, he was 17 years old. He turned 18 the day after he graduated boot camp. They let you do that? Because in Navy yeah. Navy boot camp, you don't ever actually hold a gun. I okay. think maybe that was the reason that he was allowed to, to be in so so young and so early. Um, and then Ethan, like I said, he, he uh, did three months of boot camp down at um, MCRD. And then was shipped off to the East Coast. And like I said, electrical engineer. And it's super weird because my dad lives in uh, just like a half hour south of where Ethan is. And when he was in the Marines, he was there. And he was in the exact same area because he he ran a flight simulator. So he's like – Ethan is like literally living in the same area on base that my dad was at. And my dad thinks it's just the coolest thing. Right, right. So – so for me, you know, what my boys were going to do was high on my list of priorities of like, what the fuck am I going to do with this new life? And right. they're taken care of and they're doing it on their own. Like, yeah. it's not it's not like, OK, Ethan, you got to wake up and go to work or right. don't forget to pay your car insurance or whatever. It was like, girlfriend pregnant. <laughs> um, no, they're they're good. Um we text a bunch. We talk as often as we need to. I think they're going to ride motorcycles in the future. Well, Jacob does. Yeah. And that is one of, um, it's probably one of the things that I don't want to say I'm most proud of, but for me, it was, for me, it was a super proud moment because yeah. when he got his license, I don't know if Mikey even had his light, his motorcycle license yet. That's right. We should talk. I mean, Mikey, riding was kind of a newer thing for Mikey. Yeah. It wasn't like you started riding because your husband was riding. Mm-hmm. It was your husband started riding. Because, because you I was riding. always fucking gone. <laughs> you know, and he had a few conversations with me about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you don't think it's weird, you know, but yeah, because it kind of works like, Mikey, <laughs> ride your ride. You're way good yeah. for you. And I remember in Kernville, we talked about that. It was, <clears throat> you guys were having fun with the new Cinecom systems. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no fucking way. I yeah, don't want to hear never, anything. Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking to each other. Or what was 
yo, so the music you were playing, he could hear, uh-huh. and then he'd point at it, and uh-huh. like, I don't want this song, and so he'd change no, it. No, no, it wasn't that. It was that sometimes we would get disconnected, and mm-hmm. so I'd have to, like, we had just put the Senna Bluetooths on both of our helmets, okay. and I and they had just upgraded the system where you could share music with the person you were riding with, okay. and I hadn't figured it all out yet. This is our <laughs> first trip. And so he would point at the helmet, and I could see him in my mirror, and I would know, like, oh, he's not getting the music, so I'd have to pull over, turn off the Bluetooth, turn it back on, reset the thing, and make sure we were getting back on. But even if we didn't have music, he liked to ride with it on um, just to hear, like, if he wanted to say something or he just wanted to hear the pipes. One of the things, um, he hated riding in front. He hated being the first, like if we would ride stagger. Because when he was at work, he ran heavy equipment. It was just him alone all the time Mm -hmm. sitting in the cab. So he wanted to see me. And so with the Senna, he could go in front because he didn't have a speedometer. And I didn't know how fast he liked to ride, (laughs) like what he was comfortable on. So I always wanted him in front. So I was like not, you know, just like outpacing him or pushing him further, like harder than he wanted to. Um, So the Senna... Um, actually, Alyssa from Senna um, hooked oh, us up with those. Great friend. Yeah. She's yeah. A good one. And it was perfect timing and it made that trip. It just made that trip for us. <laughs> and uh, like I could I could hear like his like big, stupid, loud pipes. Like so we knew that the Senna's were on and that's cool. And yeah, no, that was it was good. That was good for us. But so to go back to Jacob. So he yes. had been saving up. Um, he was still in high school when he got his his permit and his license. Um, he had been saving up money to take uh, a girl to Disneyland nice. and you know, high school girls are fucking stupid and that never worked out. And he had all this money and I'm like, you Weren't know, you high school girl once. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's fucking school stupid. Well, I'll tell you, you know, here's what I've learned. Like I get to, it, 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 women pick on women. Oh my God. This weekend, Mitch at the, at the free, at speed Kings at the Donna days. Oh, she was going crazy on some girl. Anyways, you, you girls are awesome. Okay. Crazy bitches in high school. I mean, young girls, crazy young girls in high school. Sorry. <laughs> so anyways, the money he had saved up, I'm like, you know, that's how much it costs to go take the safety course and mm. you could get your motorcycle license. Mm-hmm. So he fucking did. That's beautiful. And then um, the first ride that we took, I uh, drove, no, I rode my bike to my mom's house, picked up her Rebel, which Annette now owns. <laughs> that thing's bitching. Um, and Jacob took the Rebel. And I took my bike and we rode up to Palomar, him and I. And then I remember on the way back, I let him ride my bike home and I drove the car from my mom's house and like followed him. Uh He is on the motorcycle in front of me alone on the road by himself, (laughs) not like with his mom behind him, you know. This is great. And uh, I mean, that's a moment I'm just never going to forget. Like I I can remember the exact road we were on. There's this stop sign that we get up to and it like kind of goes up to a hill. And I just remember watching him. And that was me. Like I was mom. I was always there in the background. Like, you know, when it's a camp out, they would go out and, you know, take off for hours in the Jeep or whatever. And they'd come back and dinner would be ready or lunch or whatever. Like that was just always my role. And like Mikey took them surfing. Mikey took them on all the Boy Scout campouts. Like I did a few when he didn't have time to do it, but like he didn't have a lot of time. So you would like to spend it with them. Um, But motorcycles, that was my thing. (laughs) I love it. I'm sorry. It's cool. It's so cool, Beulah. And that's why, (laughs) that's why I had you bring it up. I'm just so in awe of the, uh, of the family dynamic. Mm -hmm. It's good for you. Yeah. And I think, I think they, I think the kids think it's cool. Like when Ethan was still in middle school, I'd be like, if your teacher 
doesn't email me this week and tell me you missed an assignment, I'll pick you up on the motorcycle on nice, Friday. Nice. So like all of his little friends would like be waiting for their moms to come pick him up in their stupid SUVs. <laughs> and I show up on a motorcycle oh, and he just gets to be great. the little hero. Yeah. But he's not, he's not interested in bikes yet. Well, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll put a question mark on that. But right now it's like, he's not concerned with it. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for him. Yeah. Give it time. Yeah. He's still young. Yeah. Boys are all, especially boys, brothers, they're always polar opposite of each other. They totally are. Brothers are, yeah. They never, they didn't fight when they were kids. And it's not like they didn't get along or whatever. But they just were two different personalities, different kinds of friends and and different. uh, Well, thank God they both look like you. You They're good looking young men. It was great to, you know, I only met them once, unfortunately. It was at the funeral. But Mm -hmm. yeah, they're they're good young men. Yeah. They're huge. There's yeah. a, did you, I don't know if I showed you this picture. Well, I'm sure I posted it on Instagram, but, um, uh, they're huge. One is even taller than Mikey, wasn't he? Oh yeah. I think they both are actually. Uh, Mikey was like six one. Yeah, he was, he yeah, was tall as me. He was pretty well built, so. Yeah. That was the, uh, yeah, it was a good one. Anyways, it's a really good looking picture. I can imagine. Picture. I, uh, okay, see, look, see look how tall they are. Holy heck, maybe you're just short. No, you? I'm 5'9". Yeah, that's true. They're both, they're both like 6'3". Well, you fed them well, obviously. Yeah. You know how to cook, apparently. <laughs> Holy heck, well done. How's it been with uh, How's it been with your mom, Maki's family? With my mom? Yeah, your, your family, Maki's family, everybody. Um, you know... Mikey's dad took it the hardest out of everybody. Yeah, that was that was rough. That was pretty apparent. Yeah. 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 Um, he still has a rough time with it, but I don't know how to help. Yeah. Um, I gave him the number because I have the same insurance as him, and I know we have free mental health care. And it's like all you have to do is call this number, and they'll help you find a therapist, and you can go. I even took him to group therapy with me and the boys, like right after, sure. um, to take advantage of the time. Cause Jacob had to come home from Guam for the funeral. Right, right. And so he was only there for like two weeks. <clears throat> so I made sure we got all got into therapy together just to like open that door. And his dad never went back. Yeah. And I don't know if it would help, you know, just crusty old dudes. They don't really change their ways. Crusty old dudes. We do not change our ways. <laughs> <laughs> we do not. So, um, I mean, I try, but <clears throat> the the way I like usually operate and it kind of might put people off or make people think I'm a little bit cold is like if I meet like your friend, Curtis, your that's one K guy. Yeah, Curtis Morgan, yeah. So okay. I would I would I would shake his hand, but I'd be like, that's Bob's friend. There's not pla- a place for me in that situation. Huh, okay, yeah. Okay. And also with Mikey's family, like, yeah. oh, that's your mom. That's your dad. Right. Um, we grew up, we both, our parents were divorced. Um, right. So it would, I guess I've always grown up in like that separate family situation. Yeah. And it's it's not sad. It just is what it is. It's just always kind of how I've always operated. It's just like, where do I fit in? Or not, and I'm cool with either. Um, but I just always kept it separate out of respect. Like I don't want to, sure, sure, sure. like step on anybody's toes or force myself into a situation. I definitely hold back a lot, but and that's just me. That's my that's my shit. That ain't your shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so as far as as like afterwards talking to them and stuff, I, I check in with Mike every now and then. 
Um, I've checked in with his mom a couple of times, especially more recently. Um, and it's not as uncomfortable as I thought it was going to be, but I mean, like with Mikey's mom, like we just were never terribly close. Like her and Mikey would talk all the time. Oh yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, that was their relationship. I never, I just don't want to interfere or like put my two cents in where it's not asked for or, you know, whatever. I'm just reserved and I just keep it separate. I feel out of respect, but other people might take it as like, you know, I'm kind of coldish. Well, you kind of just explained every motorcycle rider I've ever met. So <laughs> we all have our differences, and uh-huh. I think that's what makes us, maybe at the end, that's what makes us ride motorcycles. We do not drink the Kool-Aid that society offers us as far as driving cars or getting around or mm-hmm. burning petrol fuel or how to enjoy the American road or not, you know, and that's always the benefit of motorcycle ride. Is that your knuckles? Yeah, oh, sorry. That's oh, okay. I'm uh, very, I'm very cracky. Very, so you, you typed up these nice notes for me, and we didn't even use them. Nah, I think, fuck uh, it. <laughs> that's how it goes. But um, uh, well, and I do. It's, uh, I mean, if you call it pre-production, but the answer is it's nice to get my head straight. So I just no, it out. no, no, totally. Yeah. It's nice to have like little bullet points, or like you know, if the conversation starts wandering. Got to reel it back in. And I'm a writer, so you're looking at about 38 seconds of my time mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. on it. I just tapped it on the typewriter. But I think it comes to the future. Yes. Uh, I know the other day in Confidence, you told me about your journaling and writing. And mm-hmm. So here I am on a podcast saying... Blurting it out blurting like a fucking out. asshole. You didn't keep it no, in the cone of silence. Right. That's right. I'm excited, <laughs> I'm excited to hear if you're going to express some of in the future and what's that... What riding has done for you? Well, when when I first uh, got my motorcycle, I was like, I thought I would do like, I'm going to ride every day, even if it's just around the block. See if I can do it. 365 days. And it ended up, I ended up not doing that. But I do write or make a note of literally every ride. There's maybe like a dozen rides that I haven't um, documented. But like every, so I have a journal, one is this thick, is five years of writing. I just started a new journal. Um, and, I, and I keep it, my motorcycle journals, I keep it to the ride itself. Um, and actually, Annette had bought me a journal um, and, and gave it to me along with the book. Um, after, what do I say, Mikey's accident, Mikey, pa- I don't know. After Mikey's passing. After. Yeah. Anyways, oh, after that, you. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. The one, the Real drummer, cute. yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't read Real all of it yet. That's okay. That's a big book. It's a long book. But anyways, um, in her, in the journal that she gave me, I keep that separate for like my fucking ramble thoughts. I've been using yeah. it more and more lately, just as a way to like put it out and like, okay, I can go back and make sense of it. <clears throat> but the rides, there's like, there's little things that happen that aren't ever going to happen again, and I want to make sure I. I document it and and I can come back so vividly to to the rides when I'm reading about them. And sometimes stuff comes up like emotionally that fits into, you know, where where I am. Um and I kind of work a little bit of stuff out, but mostly it's just to just to journal my writing because I've been doing it since I first started writing. Like that's how amazing. could I stop? Yeah. No, so <clears throat> like there's there's one that stands out right now. I was Coming home from work, splitting lanes on the 15, there's a bunch of um, construction there, a bunch okay. of K-rails. So the line, the, there's not a lot of space between the lanes. Yeah. 
And, you know, normally if there's a shoulder, people will move out of the way. Well, you can't because there's a K rail there. I was coming down splitting lanes and I see a truck with this big giant mirror sticking out of the side. And as he (laughs) notices me coming up, close the mirror in so I could get past a little easier. Swear to God. But like if I didn't write that down, I would forget that. And that's like never, A, never happened before and B, never probably going to happen again. So like you got to write that shit down. And there's all kinds of like little things. I remember one time I was coming home and for some reason I could smell everything. And I just kept saying in my head because I knew what I wanted to write down. Bubble gum, cat food, butterscotch. Because I just wanted to remember and like I can remember the stuff like super clear. And so I have a question. Do you you ride with music? You don't ride with music? Have you ever? I I actually ride with music all the time or I listen to audibles. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing. And, you know, originally um, my favorite narrator is R.C. Bray. And he does really good stuff on audible. He's a narrator, professional narrator. Mm -hmm. But I can hear his voice in my helmet crystal clear Mm -hmm. without issue. And that's Mm -hmm. why I enjoy his work so much. Um, a lot of the stuff he reads is fiction and maybe not stuff I'd be into, but I enjoy the way he reads a story. So. You know, I haven't listened to many podcasts or books because. Mm, well, that can be hard to hear at 80 miles an See, hour. that's that's what yeah. I was thinking. Like with music, it's like, for the most part, I know my playlist. And if I can right. hear the beat, I know what I'm listening to or whatever. Um, I'm just afraid that if I listen to a podcast or something, I'm going to miss stuff. Well. excuse me i just bought an amplifier Mm -hmm. it's an inline active amplifier that i can plug in line and it's not going to hook directly to my center Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm going to have to run ear uh ear uh earbuds earbuds thank Mm -hmm. you so uh, luckily from i've got a friend who's an audiologist Mm -hmm. and so i asked her hey can can i get some earbuds made you know some She's like, absolutely, let me figure it out. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be pricey. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, maybe, whatever, two, $300. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, my buddy Colt just did it. And I ran into him last night. I should ask him. But I think that's going to be the alternative. And it's not because centers aren't loud enough. Mm-hmm. They were great in a regular full-face helmet. Yeah. But my full-face helmet is open in front to make room for my beautiful, adoring, <laughs> oversized cheeks. <laughs> you know, which it would, yeah. so you end up with a lot of wind noise. Or oh, I'm running a three-quarter helmet, which I prefer most of the time. And yeah. so... It's half a one, six, half dozen of one, six dozen, six, I get Whatever, one. forget Whatever. it. Whatever. Fool me twice, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think, you know, I, th- well, I think you that's going to be my future because it is yeah. important to me. Yeah. Uh, so well, when I have, when I have um, sport earbuds in, like not the ones that come with like your regular iPhone, those ones slip out. But when I have the sport ones in, that I can hear much more clearly. Right. That's a big one. But. I love my Senna because I don't have to deal with any fucking cords. I know. It's, <laughs> it's so, because the cords, I'll forget the button <clears throat> down in my vest and then it's flopping in uh, my face. Just forget it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really excited. And I know Senna's looking at a mold in here mm-hmm. thing. Uh, Alyssa mm-hmm. was telling me about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try the active amplifier for now and then go with the in-ear molds and, and I think it's always going to be an ongoing theme. I know like my dad, he tried riding with music and just couldn't do it. You know, and you talk about missing stuff. I remember when he passed away, I looked through my phone for a picture of him riding on his motorcycle, that big black 1300. I never took one. Isn't that funny? Like in my head, this is the image of my father just riding like an old man, you know, and I just never took a picture of him riding on his motorcycle next to me. But 
He was usually there, always there, to the <laughs> right, to the left, or behind me just a bit. I never, I guess I just thought he'd always be there, and I never got a chance to take a picture of him. So, give and take. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping in the future uh, I find a way to get the audible much more clear. Even my podcast, believe it or not, I push it. Like, my levels are peaking. Mm-hmm. And I do that on purpose, mm-hmm. and there's a chart for it, but. I do that so anybody riding a motorcycle with a windshield can hear the, of my podcast. Mm-hmm. It's very important to me. Mm-hmm. Where other people might play it in their shop and they're like, hey, if I turn this all the way up, you know, it distorts. I'm like, yeah, I kind of do that on purpose. Yeah. It's a little louder than it should be on purpose. Yeah. But it's funny. Yeah. I, you know, all we can do is our our best in that. And at that point, you end up, I mean, it's over 100 decibels. It's it's really loud. Well, it's now you're t- now now you're talking nerd stuff. You're, okay, I'll shut up. You're going over my head. So yeah. uh, let's see. My healing road. Let's talk about that. Your little note here. I think you're doing real well. That's <clears throat> my opinion. What's your opinion? <laughs> well, like actually being on the road, I figured that trip to oh, so EDR. Weird side note. That's right. May third was the first day. That was the Friday. That was actually Mike and I's uh, 21st wedding anniversary. You guys were married a long time. Yeah, it would have been our 21st. And um, I had been wearing my diamond wedding ring since he passed. Since his passed. Let's not make this awkward. Sorry, guys. Um, Because I never wore it because it would just get stuck in my gloves. And to be honest, I had gained too much weight to wear it comfortably. Um, So I had been wearing that ring. Well, by May, I had lost almost 30 pounds, and it was just, like, dangling on my finger. Yeah. And when I got home from that trip, on Friday night, the first thing I did when I got – when we got to our room, the girls were, you know, unloading their bikes. I, like – I ran into the ocean, and I have this necklace right here. This has this ashes in it. Just a good. little teeny bit. Um, and I dumped some of his ashes in the ocean right there. Like, I just jumped right in the water, and because – one of the things the boys did was a paddle out where they dump ashes in the water and the surfers get in a circle and they do lays and do this whole thing. And that yeah. was for them. That was the boys. Ethan planned that. He wanted to do that. He rounded up all the people. That's cool. That's and cool. I guess part of it is just like, you know, your ashes are in the ocean and the ocean's fucking everywhere. That's right. <clears throat> so, and actually when I was in Korea with Jacob, um, it was Mikey's birthday and I put his ashes, his ashes in the in the ocean there um, when we were in Pusan. Um, and I just thought like, okay, if I visit a new body of water, this will be the thing I want to do. Cause I don't know what to do with all this stuff. I don't know what to do. Like what's appropriate. What's mm-hmm. some people seem like they handle it well, how they're remembering or how they're memorial. I don't know. I didn't know what the fuck to do. I was not prepared for this situation. <clears throat> so anyway, so I, I put some of his ashes in the, in the ocean um, in San Felipe and then when I got home, this fucking ring was just like dangling around my finger. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? It felt weird to like celebrate this anniversary alone. And that's when I decided to take my ring off because I knew it was going to come off at yeah. some point. Yeah. So that's bringing it back to some deep shit. That's some deep <laughs> shit. Well, the answer is you can do anything you want. Yeah. And I... You know, Mikey was a man similar to myself. <laughs> you know, we're the same age in that regard. <laughs> That's what I mean. Similar in age. Uh, he was a man just like me, but he wasn't just like A me. man's man. A man's man. Yeah, a man's man. 
And uh, <clears throat> I remember years before my dad passed, he said, you know, here's what I want, but what it, you know, I'll be dead, so whatever. So that's how we got to figure it out as a family. Yeah. And my dad had five children and lots of grandchildren, you know, all sorts <clears throat> of so it was a it was a big to do, but the answer is yeah, you get to do it any way you want. Yeah. I think that's what's important. I know it meant a lot to me. I took my dad's ashes back to his hometown mm-hmm. and buried him between his mom and his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know I did it on his motorcycle, mm-hmm. and that's why. And I've said it before. That's why I track so much to the Ride One K today because it was the only race mm-hmm. that I had done that my dad looked at and went. Hey, let's do that sometime. I think mm-hmm. I could do that. Like, I don't want to stampede. I don't want to, but I think we could do. It. Well, he did. He just did it in a box in, in his saddlebag. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> uh, I didn't know all that. That's awesome. Yeah, well, that's that's why I track so much to it because my dad was such a fan of it. Cool. And I, you know, <clears throat> it's all it's all give and take, but it is what it is, and we know that uh, you know that our friend Mikey, the deceased, would want you to do it any way you want yeah. everybody will tell you that everybody's also going to tell you how proud they are of you i don't know i'm proud of you i think you're rocking it i think motorcycles have a lot to do with it. oh absolutely. absolutely all my all the friendships that mm-hmm. that i wouldn't have have you know made and connected so closely with so many people uh definitely not without motorcycles so to go to go back to this healing road but like it was like a week or a week and a half later it was when i was going to take that trip to see Angel or to right. take her bike to her. And I'm like, for sure, I'm going to be alone on the road, my 1K in a day. I'm going to fucking scream and cry and get all this shit out. I did nothing. And I was like, wow, look at the mountains. Oh my God, it's 74 degrees. Where am I going to eat lunch? How much gas do I have left? Nothing. Nothing. What song am I listening to? <laughs> oh, that's great. I yeah. did it. And I think that's that's important. So, but I was a little disappointed. I was like, fuck, I thought I was going to come back this like changed person. Instead, I just look like a zombie and I need to sleep for four days. <laughs> so well, so the road too. the road itself did not like directly affect my thoughts on the situation because I still fucking stay up at night thinking about it about myself what am I going to do yeah. you know what what happens next where do I go what should I do should I keep the house like what are my kids going to do what did they I just it didn't fucking solve anything but yeah. it felt really good That's right. so so when it, after the initial, you know, I had to tell everybody what happened and then everybody, you know, came to me and we were all getting together during yeah. that time. Um, I never felt more open because like, I just, I, I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. So I just was open. And on these trips, I was able to be more open to things because it was like, <sighs> I, I don't need permission to do anything. No. My bills are paid. Yeah. That's my dog's one. fed. Yeah. My clothes are clean. Like That's negotiable. Well, not you for me. You need to have clean clothes. No, I, I do. Okay. <laughs> um, it, was, it was just a <laughs> my new- My friend Beulah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love you. You're great. Yeah. Um, but no, it, I just, it just let- There's, There is a certain kind of freedom because at this point, the boys were going to be out of the house. Yeah. And it was going to be us starting a new life, like being able to have all this time to spend with each other. I mean, he was still working, you know, 40 hours a week and making that drive over the Ortegas and everything. But it would just be more focused on us where, you know, we didn't have that time before. Um, So it was already at a point in my life where it was going to be something new. 
Um, but this is just not what I planned. <laughs> and, you know, that new part was supposed to be like the next 20 years, we're going to do all of these things and then we're going to retire and do these things. Like, right. well, it doesn't fucking matter. That's right. <laughs> So there's really, there's really only so much you can plan. And all I was doing was just planning my next gas stop. So I would like, look at the map, be like, I I know I've got 90 miles on this, you know, with my new motor. (laughs) So whatever is 90 miles from here, that's what's next. That's all I got. And I think that's an important lesson in life. You know, I rarely look in the future. I just, I do everything in my power to live for the now, Beulah. There's only so much you can do. You know, I can't have control. I can't plan. I know it drives everyone around me nuts. They're like, what are you doing next weekend? I don't know. Is there a motorcycle ride? (laughs) But like you can, you can plan. And then if things go off track, it can fluster you. Right. So that's why I don't plan. Yeah. And I'm just now learning that. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Isn't it terrible? I mean, uh, and no that's, one can tell you that you have to learn it yourself. Well, yeah. And, and yeah, that's, that's a lot of stuff is like, even if things, you know, people have been through similar experiences, you don't really know until it happens to you. That's right. And that's what I was saying about like, not knowing what to do if this had happened to a friend of mine or not knowing how to talk about it, or I'm making it completely awkward by talking about it with my coworkers. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just trying. That's and if it doesn't do. work next time, I'll make sure I do it different. That's yeah. <laughs> you're gonna, you know, you, you do, you're doing your best. That's all you can ever do. And if yeah. your best isn't good enough, well, then you know for next time. Yeah, I truly believe the universe never puts us in a situation we're not able to handle. And I think about that too. Is um, I'm the one who could handle this. Like if this happened to me, like if the roles reversed, like it wouldn't have worked. I just couldn't even imagine. It's very good of you. So I know we talked about it the other day. I give you a lot of credit. It's my opinion. Women are just stronger than men. And right, wrong, or indifferent, fair, unfair. This is. What are you going to do? Way too early. <laughs> you're going to jump on your motorcycle and ride. <laughs> That's true. That's you're gonna I got to get back home. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. As we sit in my living room, right, you're 30 miles away in Lake Elsinore. Although it's a nice ride. No, it's, and the weather's so nice oh, right now. the weather's so nice. We're so spoiled. Yeah. It's gotten great in the last few days. I yep. think it's going to stay good. So I'm, I mean, I never mind riding in the heat, but boy, it wears you out quickly. Yeah. We just came back from Durango. It was 115 coming across the desert. Boy, forget it. I, uh, whew, so I'm really excited about the new weather. Mm-hmm. You going to think about riding and publishing in the near future for us? Well, so I'm going to go over my journals and see if any of that shit makes any sense. <laughs> and if and if there's a way to like break it down um for a purpose, I would consider it. I mean, I have ideas like the beginnings of brainstorming. Um but I don't know if I'm ready to make sense of it all just yet if like I should just talk about this past year or if I need to go back. For, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Well, take your time with it, you know. I'd be, I, I I'd know be open to it. Publi- <laughs> yeah. And I know someone who owns a publishing company. Oh, would you tell me his name <laughs> and promote it a <laughs> little bit right now on the American Roadrunner podcast? Exactly. And that's that's how I did it. And I think it's not to share that information with people because mm-hmm. I think it's important for people to know. There's a few ways you can publish anything these days. And a lot of people can publish through Amazon, which is known as self-publishing. 
which is wonderful for the common person who wants to publish. So I'm a huge advocate of that. I did it a little differently. That is, I just opened up my own publishing company to publish what I want to publish. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot pricier the way I did it, but it's nice to extend it to people. Mm-hmm. You need to publish stuff. Right. We can we can publish. Well, so I guess what my what my question is is like who who gives a shit? Like does anybody even care? Like would it like why That's what I keep thinking. I guess I like getting fan mail. I don't know what to <laughs> tell you. People give a shit. Well like it's crazy. I guess I want to give the people what they want. Mm. And uh I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure if I have a message or if I'm just fucking sitting there talking about myself. I think the answer, yeah. Well, the answer is it has to be, for me, it's selfish. What's the purpose? For me, it's selfish. Mm-hmm. It's selfish time I get to spend with myself, write it out, write my life out, figure out a few problems along the way and do it at all astride a rigid chop, you know, and, and by doing that and sharing it mm-hmm. in a publication, it enables other people to learn from my mistakes, but at the end of the day, whatever they get out of it is up to them. Mm-hmm. For me, it's selfish. Mm-hmm. It's a good product that I got to put a lot of time, effort, and energy into in a time when I needed to because my, my dad had just passed and mm-hmm. all the other stuff I had to deal with that you know about. But it uh, was what I did to mm-hmm. my healing. I, I published a book. Mm-hmm. That's what worked for me. And I think another thing for me, too, is like I don't know what to do with that kind of attention. Like I'm not an attention seeker. Yeah, some people have attention. some people have an attention bucket. My friend Mars coined that term. Oh, that's a good and some people need it filled. Mine just like knocked over in the corner because I don't give a shit about it. Like yeah, I'm not true. when when I think that's like where some of my social anxiety comes in. It's like yeah. I don't and like why I like to sneak in and sneak out of things. It's like <laughs> oh cool, there's Beulah. It's not like fuck yeah, Beulah's here. Let's do shots. Like that's not what happens when yeah. I come to the party. Yeah, it's right. just like oh, there's Beulah cool because <laughs> i don't like i don't i'm like this is perfect like i'm i think i'm much better one-on-one i love i like one-on-one much more than like trying to entertain a whole group i don't know how to do that it can be I, you know i'm a musician by education and by trade and by you know i think i was eight or nine years old i picked up a guitar and I've always wanted to play music for people. I got a degree in music, vocal music of all things. Uh, well, it's a degree in music with applied vocal. They, w- they wouldn't let me major in mandolin. That's my favorite instrument, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Can so, you can you really play it? Mandolin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, actually, sure. I'm pretty darn good. Hmm. I mean, I'm not great, but I've got, uh, I've got some... Some licks. I still got some licks up my sleeve. Well, you know, my friends, uh, friend of the devil, they play in like Elsinore every Wednesday, and it's just kind of like an open jam situation. If you ever wanted to come out on a yeah, Wednesday I could night, do like bluegrass, like uh-huh. my mandolin. Uh huh. Most of the time, people shun my mandolin. No, they would love it. You got a washboard? Fucking play washboard. the spoons. <laughs> no, I, I enjoy it. That's for sure. I got it right over here. But but speaking of of being in a band, Mikey and I were in a band for a little while. Arkansas Toothpick. No, I wasn't in that band. Uh, oh. It was <laughs> Beulah in the Beat. <laughs> no way. Yeah, but I played bass, which is like not a very you know nobody really gives a shit about the bass player. Listen, I've made a lot of money playing bass. But I'm saying, like, as far as like, I wasn't the front person. I wasn't a lot doing crazy of licks. Making on my bass amp. I didn't ask. You didn't have that happen to you? No, I didn't ask. all bass players? Bob, I didn't ask about this. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying bass players are awesome. No, I mean, they're they're an important part of the band, and that was the perfect position for me because I just fucking held my spot. 
but I wasn't like flashy. I didn't need to stand up on the, you know, speakers and like do a bass solo. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just sat there and I kept the beat. Like it was me and the drummer in the back. So like that's where I feel co- I'm like I'm much more comfortable in the background, like making sure the whole thing's happening. Like I don't need to be up front. Yeah, I, right. I'm really un- uncomfortable in that situation. Okay. Well, I've been up front. I've been in the back. I've... Thank you, Julie. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's it's okay to entertain. Bob. When you, when you have to create, you have to create, and that's yeah. just it. I create for my selfish reasons. I'm glad other people As do I. Get. Yeah, so that's all you got to do. Concentrate on the selfishness of creativity and make it part of your part of your healing road. Yeah. The end. That's what it means to me. So half half a one, six dozen of another. <laughs> you got it all wrong. As usual. As per usual. I'm only 42. Close enough. The Lord's still working on me. Yeah. But seriously, like thinking about the brainstorming of it, is it mm-hmm. like the widowhood? Is it the motorcycle riding? Is it the community? Like, I don't like there probably has to be like one like defining focus and then I can like talk around it. Yeah. I or just it. my own crazy thoughts because I have some pretty like fun fucked up thoughts. Well, and people relate <laughs> to that. I always refer to it as like a third element. I mean, there's one, two and three and there's love, there's life. And then what's the third element? You know? Is there an answer? Element. It's whatever you want it to. Oh, be. I thought that makes your story interesting. Love, okay. Right. You're a human. There's going to be love. You're alive. There's going to be laughs. So there's going to be things that happen. And what's the third element? Motorcycle. In my case, it's figuring out craziness while racing a chopper cross country in my my first book. I guess my second book's going to be quite a bit different. Okay. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm doing a prequel as well. That's fun. Of this new book or prequel to... Yeah, just a prequel to the... I've decided to turn the American Roadrunner into a series. Okay. So there's going to be a series of books. And it's all going to start with a prequel, which is kind of cool. It's the gateway drug to motorcycles, which for me (laughs) was BMX. Okay. I was a big BMXer as a kid. I even had a paper route. You know, so (laughs) just several chapters. I'm getting ready. How do you release a prequel, though? The answer is you give it away for free as much as you can, you know, so... I'm pretty excited to do that in the near future. But again, that's me being selfish. Yeah. I'm going to write about riding bicycles in my childhood and what it meant to me. Yeah. And strapping a guitar on my back and being that cool kid. Well, when you talk about selfish, that's what I think about any kind of anything that I create. It's like yeah. I'm not it's just whatever whatever the fuck I feel like doing, whether it's, you know, my art, sewing. Sewing. Anything. You're like a master sewer. Only for myself. It's only because like shit doesn't fit me at the stores, so I know I'm going to alter it anyway. So tall, or? tall and top heavy. Bumps in the wrong places. <laughs> no, there are bumps in the usual in the right places. Right. Um, you are pretty easy on the eyes, young lady. Thanks, friend. Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> but yeah, that's no. I I seriously I started sewing when I was like 13. That's cool. just and so and I've and I've always done like creative stuff. Um, and I always get compliments on the things that I make. So like, I know I'm doing a good job, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So my clothes look better on me. Yeah, That's yeah. selfish. <laughs> See, I get it. So yeah. And I consider it an art. It is it's an creative. Art. Yeah. And it's something that I think we're losing as a society and it has nothing to do with men or women. Well, obviously it used to be women's work, you know, women. sew. that's what they did. But that's beside the point. It's just creating right. something with your hands, no matter what it is. It's yeah. yours. Yeah. 
And even with motorcycles, like I said, with like, you know, all these like crazy fucking choppers, that's, I consider that art. I agree. So. You said about the art show we got coming up on the 26th. Keep going. 26th. (laughs) October 26th, the Moto Mash Helmet and Art Show. Fucking coffee makers going off again. I love that machine. Uh, Moto Mash Art Show. Here in downtown Riverside at the Mind and Mill. Girl Girl on a Moto, my podcast. I don't want to say mine. The podcast I'm a part of because this is Connie's. <laughs> um, yeah, we're having a motorcycle and Halloween themed uh, painted helmets and skate decks. And they're all going to be auctioned off for MotoFam, our favorite motorcycle charity. Yeah. Um, they help riders uh, in life altering accidents, loss of limb, loss of life, you know. Crazy, I'm a big fan. crazy comebacks. Um, I'm a big fan of what MotoFam does. Let me just state that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what it's going to benefit, but it's still going to be a rad fucking party. And uh, there's going to be all kinds of artwork available from all of the artists that are participating, not just their helmets, like their other pieces are going to be up in the gallery for a month. Yeah. And um, yeah. even those pieces, not just the night of the show, um, if you come in and buy any of those pieces, part of that is also going to go to MotoFam. So everything we're doing, um, is going to benefit benefit Moto Fam. I'm so excited. And there's so many fucking sponsors. So Man, um, I'm a sponsor. I'm throwing together an art piece. It's kind of exciting. Cool. Not yeah. A good time. People, um, I'm stoked. And Connie's been doing all of it, so I haven't even seen any of the stuff that's coming in or oh. any of the submissions or anything like yeah, this. Will, this bit of it. It's, yeah. will again be my role as like, what do you need me to do? Delegate and I will take care of it for you. That's yeah, yeah. where I feel comfortable. So I'm letting her round up all the good shit and I will be there to help her carry it or yeah. whatever she needs. <laughs> exactly. But it's going to be, and it's a costume contest and I already know what I'm going to dress up for. And yeah, I got to put together a costume. I, haven't, <laughs> I don't think my fire extinguisher or Trojan man will work. So I got to come up with some more creative. Okay. Well, I got mine. Good for you. Um, Maybe I can dress as an alternative to yours. I'll have to figure it out. <laughs> if you're wearing black pants, I'm going to wear a black shirt. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, that's going to be that's going to be good. And also, so let's talk about we can talk about the podcast for a little bit because um, you had that Please. on here somewhere, right? Uh-huh. I'm a big fan. The fulfillment. Tell about the fulfillment the podcast gives you. Uh, I get to talk about motorcycles. <laughs> With cool people who ride motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's nice to share our stories, and you know, Connie and I get out and ride. Sometimes we ride different rides. Like she doesn't have the freedom of time to travel as much as I do, so I bring a perspective well, to that. Her kids are younger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, she's tied into her job and mm-hmm. is always super busy. It's hard for her to get that free time. So that free time, those blocks that she gets off work, like that's family vacation time. Yeah. Um. So it gives a different perspective. Like we ride different bikes, like her bike's super clean and super fancy. And like her outfit always matches with like the fucking, that's why she has so many sweatshop bags because that's like her purse. It's her accessory. Whereas I'm just like, here's my dented tank. Here's my fucking built well bag full of (laughs) anti-nausea, (laughs) anti-diarrhea, a flashlight. (laughs) So we have it. We have a different perspective. Um, but we're also, I mean, I, I still consider myself a fairly new writer, only just over six years. I mean, I do have a lot of miles, yeah. um, but I mean, I don't know everything about it. So I learn from other people. I'm now learning about like, 
you know, getting this new exhaust on my mic? What are the things that I need to do? What am I looking for? What do I need from it? How is it going to change the performance of my bike? Like I'm learning. So not only do I get to share my stories of traveling and, you know, if other people want to do that cool or they have questions, but like, I'm also learning as I go, like we get to talk to these cool people in the industry and I get to ask all these questions. And the thing that surprised me the most is how intimidating it isn't because when you, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, just, I, I don't know, like, it just seems like, oh, you're this, you're a builder or you're an artist or you're this or you're that. And it's just like, you're up here. And it's like, no, we do the same thing. Like, and you're super welcoming and super nice and smart and funny. And I never would have asked you because I was too fucking shy. So yeah. And they've heard your story on the podcast. So now they're going <laughs> to share their story. With yeah. <laughs> and we get to, we get to share that with people. And, and the only, the only thing I wish we had more time for is to actually ride with, with the people that listen. Um, Cause we have a bunch of listeners that are local and, you know, they participated in that, um, the podcast, the motorcycle podcast challenge, 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 which you were encouraging other people, you know, people to go out and ride and, you know, we play a fun game. Like, um, I wish we could uh, organize rides more often, but it's more just like the events or like, you know, we'll post like, we're going to be at this event. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've, we've met like, I guess there are fans and had like pictures taken and stuff. Like it's, it's cool. It's way cool. It's shocking and it's, uh, makes it worth it. I think it's neat to hear what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. I had a guy from Austin, Texas call me today just to, I mean, he was so, his name's Nick. He owns a bar there down on SoCo, but he, uh, I mean, we just had a great, we chatted each other's ear off for 45 minutes. Never mm-hmm. met, but he had read my book and it was exciting to hear all the good stuff he did. I love sharing stories. This podcast is all about sharing stories. That's the yeah. only reason I do it. Notice I didn't say the name of the podcast. I'm getting better. But I love sharing. But stories. I digress. But I digress. <laughs> uh, well, I'm really I'm excited to see and enjoy and be next to all the fun that you have in the future. Totally. And this next, like, seriously, the next one, like seven weekends, I have something going on. Next weekend, I'm going to. Too, yeah. Next weekend, I'm going to Joshua Tree. The weekend after that is Kernville. The weekend after that is Babes Right Out. Yeah. The weekend after that is Pilgrimage. The weekend after that is the Moto Mass Show. The weekend after that is El Mirage. Are you doing that? Like it's a hooligan, dirt yeah. race, well, camping, I, something, something. Yeah, I think I might show up. I don't think the land speed racing that weekend and El Mirage mm-hmm. has been shut down to that. The problem is I start yelling at people if I think they're being rude to I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I made that comment to I made that comment to Richie last time he did that. I'm like, make sure nobody tears up the surface, damn it. Oh. Uh, he was like, no, no, we don't do that. We won't be doing that anyways. <laughs> but uh, that would be real exciting. And I think I've never been out there. And, too, and yeah. Have a good time with. I know I'll have some friends out there. So that just depends on the weather if I'm going to camp or just ride out for the day. But yeah, I just, I mean. Uh, the weather should be good. It's not that far. No, you know, I know. But you, you know. Yeah. That's that's the only thing is just planning around the weather. Like if if it's time to go for a ride, it's like, well, how much time do I have and what's the weather like? Like yeah. like even my trip, even my trip to Milwaukee, I was like watching the radar every night and it's just like, okay, <laughs> that kind of like planned my path, but it ended up taking me on the best, most beautiful one. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, no, you you did real well on that. And you know, you're right about Nebraska and Iowa, but I kind of I I've learned I know we're digressing here, but I've really learned to enjoy the long straight flat predictable predictable yeah no totally and there's a little up and down in iowa but yeah nebraska's just 
It's just straight and flat. Yeah, this is the same way. I yeah, mean. totally. And they'll say just like, go through those at night. Don't worry about it. I mean, unless got, you have time yeah, and you're dilly dallying. Signs like "Welcome to the capital of Nebraska," and you don't see a skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing here. It's just trees. Where yeah. Is, this is where's the capital? Oh, cracks me up. But the thing, the thing I do, I do enjoy about that is just all the sky. Like you can just see forever, and it stays light forever. Yeah. Like even when I was when I was going through Nebraska at night, I could see thunderstorms off uh, to like the southeast of me, yeah. and, but the road kept going like northeast, North, and yeah. it was, and I knew, and it was dark, and I couldn't see the moon. Like the moon wasn't out, so but I could, clouds. yeah, but I could see the lightning, like lighting up the clouds, okay. but then the other way I could see some stars and I'm like, okay, see, good. Hey, there you go. <laughs> that, yeah, that's exactly, you're right. That's how you do it. And I've been real fortunate to just be in the middle of nowhere to love the North Texas sky. That's sky goes on forever. It's almost mm-hmm. eerie for people like us living in the We've got all kinds of, yeah, we've got all kinds of mountains all over the place. Uh, but you know, people have done it before, mm-hmm. so why not us? Yeah, it's not much. And I and I've been through you know shitty weather, or whatever. Even this this last trip, I took one last hurrah to Oregon because um, I knew I was going to start this new job, and I was not trying to recreate the first Oregon trip. Well, um, I wasn't there, so I'm sure you could not. <laughs> but I did like I slept in that same teepee. I went back to that. Cool. I went back up to that property, and but different things happened. My bike got stuck in the rocks. I got a massage, and then I had to ride in the rain for six hours. Like it was not. I mean, good and bad. Good, good and bad. bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good and bad. It's always different. Every road's different. That's the best part of it. And these experiences that I've been open to have just been like things that you don't want to recreate. Like it just it only happened that night. Like That's that right. the first night that I made it to the Oregon Run was sitting around the fire and. um I don't know if you met Steve Dewey. He does leather work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I bought one of his wallets. It's really oh, fucking nice. Cool. Um, and he was playing guitar. Guitar, that's right. And just playing it's just, it was just perfect. And then his friend was like sitting across the fire pit and they were like duetting, like right. singing to each other. These two dudes, like right. fucking, I think Steve still had his chaps on right. when he was playing. And this other guy with this fucking denim jacket and all these patches and they're just fucking looking deep into each other's eyes singing like you can't recreate that like you don't want to like i fucking enjoyed every second of that and was like cool that's never gonna happen like that ever again and it was just that was a good time i'm just glad he took the guitar from the one lady the topless lady you know (sighs) yeah and that was fun too because i think i bet you every half an hour i think Where's Beulah? Is she okay? What's she doing? Where'd she go? Beulah, you okay? And you're like, leave me alone. I'm listening to music. Enjoy the fire. Oh, Don't okay. worry about me. Oh, okay, I won't. I'll stop worrying. Half an hour later. Hey, Beulah, you okay? How you doing? Uh, yeah, so, time. yeah. So, the second trip was much different. Cool. There was no Bob asking how you were doing. Okay. But it was it was good in different ways. And and uh, that last night, the when I left my friend Nicole's house from Chiloquin, um, I was heading home and I knew I could do 500 miles easy in a day when it's just by yourself seven straight shot at seven or 800 well yeah. yeah but I knew for sure I could do 500 and I'm like well if I do 500 I'm like two gas stops away from home yeah that's a there's no day. there's no point Still in getting a, a room pond. you came over the grapevine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was just it might as well just keep fucking going so I did 777 miles that's great. I almost was I 
There is just no way I could do a 1K. I was like, I could do my one last 1K home, but I would have had to like really detour to figure it out. Well, you got to go into Reno and then come back like over Dallas <clears> Pass like I did. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. Um, but 777, that's a pretty good, pretty good, good day. Yeah. I did I it. Agree. And that's it. Now I got a job and I just can ride on the weekends and to work. You're able to come over the pass at night and not freeze? You didn't freeze coming over Grapevine? Mm-mm. And no, it was every time. Although that was two months earlier, I guess. Yeah. June. Yeah. yeah. No, this was end of froze, August. Man. No, it was froze. perfect. Good for you. It was pretty hot during the day. I think I rode without my jacket for a little while, which makes me super uncomfortable. I like to be protected as as much as I can. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, I, like I, you I just know. feel like it would just be so f- dumb to be like I, I don't know, like my leather jacket's right there. Why do I have a s- scrape on my arm? Well, and I remember I'm laughing because I'm thinking of a few times we've ridden together and you you stop a lot more than I do, like in the turns and stuff. So I've come up behind you and I'm slamming on the brakes. You're like, just effing pass me already. (laughs) You're just waving at me like, you're freaking me out. You're too close to me. (laughs) Just pass me. I'm like, okay, sorry about that. Well, see, that's where my inexperience is. That's why I say I haven't been riding that long. Well, and, and, and I know. I just try to be comfortable and safe. Yeah, you come to a turn, you want to do the speed limit. I see a turn and I hit the throttle. I get excited about digging into that. See, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't have those skills. Yeah, well, give it time. Anyways. You still got my vote. Um, We can wrap it up if you want. I'm sorry. Mm. Eula May, you are a pleasure and a joy and I appreciate you greatly. Well, thanks for letting me invite myself onto your podcast. You're always welcome, (laughs) my friend. You know that. There's no thank you. Thank you. Uh, and thanks for the tostada. <laughs> oh yeah, that little Donatinos. That's a good place. I, I just, eat. I actually, I eat. I watched you. Okay, I, I saw you. I believe you. <laughs> and it was great to great to be a part of that. <laughs> uh, I think we're all just jealous. You look good. Good for you. Cool. Thanks. We're jealous. You're uh, looking good out on your scoot. Doing Having my best. Time. Your best is pretty darn good. You got thanks, friend. Up. Give me a hug. Okay. Give me a hug. Okay. <laughs> What's that to go? Let's leave. Say bye to your families. A kiss for my babies. We won't be returning. And that is how we get to end Lucky Number 27 podcast. If you haven't figured it out yet, 27's a good number for me. Beulah May sure is an exciting person. I really enjoy being her friend and enjoying all the stories she gets from the open road. Again, you can check out her podcast, Girl on a Moto Podcast. Find it just about anywhere. Also, there was a good point where it was a little hard to hear, but the answer is I mentioned one of my favorite books called... Ghost Rider by Neil Peart. Neil Peart is the drummer for one band called Rush. One of my favorite reads, Ghost Rider. Don't forget to check out my book, American Roadrunner. Find it just about anywhere on the website. Any of the major purchasing platforms, it'll be there. And a new segment of the show, the Q&A. You send me a question and I give you an answer. This one here comes from Alicia with uh, her handle of Alicia O88 on the gram. 
She asks, what is the funniest thing that ever happened to you on the road? She also asks, how many total miles do you have on two wheels? The funniest thing that ever happened that I can remember was a time I was actually stopped and getting gas with uh, my pops. And he decided to spill fuel all over his lap. And he was sitting on his big cruiser. And, of course, he sat on the back to fuel it up, which I never understood. Because two or three gas stops later, he did the same thing again. At which point, I got tired of him complaining of the gas in his lap. So I picked up the whole bucket of window cleaner, took the window cleaning tool out, and dumped the whole bucket on the gas tank for him drenching himself his crotch and everything else but at least i did not have to hear about his crotch being on fire from gasoline that was the funniest thing i could think of right now so yes if your dad ever spills gasoline in his crotch from overfilling his motorcycle feel free to uh, dump the bucket of uh, dirty dirty window cleaning water that happens to be conveniently located next to the gas pump next one how many miles have i done well, the problem is I don't really have speedometers on most of my motorcycles. I think I have speedometers on my Goldwing and uh, my Pops VT1300 that I ride these days, but that one's really off, so I can't even rely on it. So I think the answer is somewhere around a few hundred thousand miles. I'm probably right at that breaking point in my life where... I've gotten to drive just as many miles as I've gotten to ride. I'm not sure. I like to get out and do a lot of miles and have been blessed to uh, take the time off work and get out and enjoy America and enjoy all the roads. Alicia, my dear friend, thank you very much for asking me the questions. Now, I hope you enjoy the sound that you're hearing of my voice. Man, I got this new microphone and this cool new vocal booth I built in my house. And things are about to get a lot more exciting. Quality's going up. The world's just a wonderful road. Hope you all enjoyed lucky number 27 here of this show, Beulah's Healing Road. Until next time, my fellows, keep the rubber side down. Be good humans to each other. This has been your host, Bob Marshall.